Welcome to Blightbringers, a Legion of Everblight-focused War Machine and Hordes podcast. I'm your host, Ron Lohr, and I found a new way to edit that's way faster. Joining me this week is Wolf. Welcome back to the show, buddy. What's going on? Uh, hi, I'm Wolf, also known as Ryan. I play Legion, and uh, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Right on. It's always nice to have you. I said that's a lie. It's not a lie. to have me here. Don't do that. You're going to already drop the F-bomb. Change of sound. <laughs> you can edit it out. It's fine. Hate you. Uh, <laughs> God, God damn it. <laughs> you know I like to sleep, right? Like, no, oh, you don't. Shit. Okay. Go get your frozen yogurt. You'll be fine. Ah, oh, Froyo's so good. I hate you. Special guest this week, the secretary of Roll for Charity and one of the, not really organizer, but is involved with Buffalo Food Machine, GM Dan. Welcome to the show. Also, he definitely hey. has his own podcast, sort of. Yeah, I'm a co-host on uh, Beer Machine. Ah, uh, yes, of course. Beer Machine's totally great. It still exists. I mean, it does still exist. We just need to actually record an episode. I blame Rich. Maybe some. That's, <laughs> it's mostly my fault. Hey, don't don't worry. I've I've only been promising uh, the start of the uh, Iron Kingdoms RPG for six months now. It's fine. We'll get to it. Exactly. It's all Rich's fault. Wow. <laughs> wow. Look, it's either Rich's fault or JP's fault, and I can't blame JP because I'm pretty sure he could still beat the shit out of me. So it's Rich's fault. That's how this works. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this week, we're going to go over recent games, and we're going to talk about uh, the Food Machine event down in Buffalo. Uh, we're going to talk about what it is, what uh, you can do to participate, what the structure is going to be, just kind of get out there and have some fun. And uh, we're going to talk about just playing the game of War Machine, the, what the social contract looks like, and how we can everybody can participate in a nicer uh, game of... War Machine, right? Sounds good. Rule number one, don't be a dick. That That is a good rule. There we go. I haven't played anything since we last checked in. How about you, Wolf? You got any games in? Uh, yeah, I played uh, PT into New Morvana 1 with Mortality. Ooh. And um, the game itself was not great. Turns out Mortality is bad. My opponent was kind of an idiot and forgot to cast it one turn, like at all and then missed the attack rolls to actually get it to land on the second turn. And it turns out when Mortality doesn't land, you will just steamroll all of the Tharn. Wow. Like, I 5 would him on the pit. That I, should not be a thing that happens. Yeah, and that yet, shouldn't be possible. Yeah. And this is post-CID Tharn, correct? Uh, yes, this was using the last week's version of CID. Yeah, and so I don't think it changed all that much either. Um. Like the blood trackers lost repo, and there was some other small, but yeah, it was pretty close. Any uh, takeaways from that other than mortality is a good spell? Turns out the big tharn don't hit that hard if you can just kind of engage them and stop them from charging. Okay. So that might be a valid tactic to deal with them is just run to engage and say, well, you're going to be hitting at POW 15, but stuff is arm 18 20, so you need to get average rolls or better. Um, mind you, they'll get two attacks, but at least then they're not chaining through an entire unit to do it. Right. Um, other than that, turns out Tharn hit hard, which no real shocks there. And Mortality is a good spell, and Morvana 1 is actually probably going to see the table now. 
So be prepared for that if you're not already. Cool. Well, thank you for that quick breakdown. Jim, Dan, you got any games you like to talk about? Yeah. The, uh, so the last game I played was against Rich, um, which is we actually don't play that often. Um, we, you know, get sick of each other's faces or something. And uh, oh, yeah. So yeah, I, I do play Legion. Um, I'm just still I'm still in the scrub zone, though. Uh, I'm still assembling models. I haven't gotten a game in without majority of the models being proxies. So the last game that I played was with my dirty, awful Signar. Goddamn swans. Uh, yeah. Go Sweden. And um, <laughs> so. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they're the right colors. They have a similar banner. They have the I same issue that's, with... That's, that's just headcanon now. All of Signal is just Sweden. I love it. <laughs> so... Oh, my God. Weird helmets. Anyway. um, <clears throat> So, yeah. So, I played Rich with my Striker 3 Gravediggers list, where the entire point of it is... So, I get four days charges with my POW 14 Trenchers. Two multiple units of them, as well as Alexi and the Risen. And yeah, it would have worked if I knew how to play this game. But <laughs> instead, I uh, instead I let Rich um, well, basically eat me with Retribution. He was running Gorshade 4, correct? Yes, it was his first time playing Gorshade 4. Uh, and it he didn't even really get to use the feat. And it didn't matter. Damn. Yeah. What was interesting, though, is, you know, Gorshade 4 taking souls and Alexia taking corpse tokens. Um, we didn't even have any interactions there. Mm. You know, we're on the mm. same side of the table and we're both really, really excited for killing, you know, for all these living models dying. And for once, we weren't stealing stuff from each other. Right. So assuming you didn't make a colossal blunder, how do you win that game? Ah, well... One, don't make the colossal blunder. But no, the, the way you win that game is take out his models when he hasn't when he hasn't feeded, either before or after. It may it may be rough to wait a turn to make your big push. Losing a turn in the game in you know in War Machine obviously can be huge. But on feet turn, feeding Gorshade Souls is worse than feeding him control points. Okay. Because you're going to lose those control points anyway. That's fair. Cool. It's good to know yeah. if I ever face Gorshade. Yeah, he seems like he's going to be a problem for us. Just saying. Yeah, absolutely. All right, um, uh, so Dan, the number one reason we brought you here, Food Machine, which, I mean, tell us what Food Machine is. Sure. So Food Machine is a charity format tournament uh, that was started by, I believe, the New Jersey SOBs originally. And it kind of spread nationally, well, and internationally, but it's mostly big here in uh, the U.S. And basically, you donate money to a charity to cheat. You know, when you say cheat, like, what do you mean? Yeah. So, uh, did you make a roll on your dice shit the bed? Drop some money, roll again. Do you want to take an artifaction model or unit or warcaster even? Drop even more money um, for food machine. This year, it's going to be a three-person team format. And okay. because of that, one of the things you can do is you can donate money to buy players off of other teams. 
So if you want to show up and don't have a team and you just want to spend money to pull the biggest sharks in the room, go right ahead. So I could show up, be like, hey, I'm going to drop $500 and I'm grabbing like Tim Banky and you and being like, look, this is the team now. Oh, that would be great. Although I'm very sorry for our eventual loss. Um, <laughs> I was just using it as an example. Wow. <laughs> like I said, I'm still in the scrub zone. But yeah, um, <clears throat> you could do that. Absolutely. Can Can I bring a terrible list and force somebody else to play it? We don't have that available. That's a shame. Um, <laughs> I mean, one thing you could do is take a terrible list and then using the cheats, beat your opponent anyway and make them feel sad. Hmm. That just sounds funnier, actually. That or sounds... you can do what uh, what happened to me in a previous food machine where uh, my, my opponent, uh, a local, Mike... Um, he got sick of me losing basically. So he started spending his cheats to make me roll better to make the game more fun. Wait. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I'm not even that generous. It was, it was pretty good. He still won and it was a good, but it was a good game. Yeah. It, so that's, what's great about food machine is that ultimately you're there to have fun. The goal isn't just to, win the event i mean obviously that's going to it's war machine that is a large reason why people are going to be going to the event but where else can you show up with uh where else can you show up with an out of faction colossal yeah or where else can you show up with a you know with a cricks list that is led by vlad (laughs) god there's gonna be so many judicators i'm just I i can only hope I'm just thinking of taking Bron with all the magical stuff. We're gonna we're gonna play Mark II Bethane. Let's do this. Oh my god! <laughs> you, but you can do some really really janky stuff uh, with the cheats. So yeah, I so and it's not just Food Machine for anyone who's listening who prefers Infinity or plays Infinity. There is also going to be an AD Food Drop event at the same venue at the same time. So it's the same event, um, but a War Machine tournament and an Infinity tournament at the same time. That's really cool. Baller, and what is the date and time of this? Sure. So dice drop at 10 a.m., and the date is December 8th, so a little over a month away. I recommend showing up closer to 9 just to get everything sorted before dice drop, but we probably aren't going to be letting people in before 9. Okay. And if somebody can't come but still wants to donate money, is there a way they can do that? Not currently, but there will be. All right, keep us updated on that, and we'll. Yep. If, so uh, the Facebook page is uh, Roll for Charity Inc. as an INC, and if you search for Roll for Charity or Roll for Charity Inc. on Facebook, we're going to be the first hit that comes up, uh, and we're going to be posting updates about the events there. Yeah, and we'll definitely include a link to that in our show notes for everybody. Yeah, and, and the event isn't just the tournaments. There is an open bar as well. Uh, by open bar, I mean an open cash bar. We are not footing the bill for other people's problems. We have our own problems to fund. Probably a smart yeah. idea. We're a bunch of alcoholics here. <laughs> Listen, it. I would have to go to meetings for that. Um, <laughs> it's a hobby. Uh, that's why it's craft beer. I mean, maybe it is for you, you basic white girl. <laughs> oh my God. Someone doesn't like IPAs. I like my whiskey, man. All right, that's all I need. 
put it in an IPA. You won't be able to taste the whiskey. Then what's the point? <laughs> so yeah, the the other um, another excellent part of the event is we have a raffle and a silent auction. So the, with the raffle, we're going to have um, we have at least one uh, professionally painted War Machine Army well, Hordes Army for auction. Ooh, it's a seventy-five point list. Uh, Troll Bloods. A lot of the models were originally painted uh, by Aaron Platts, just by happenstance. They came to us from three directions, and they were all originally Aaron's. <laughs> um, and and they've been uh, other models have been painted and touched up by Pat Augustine. Patrico, what a nice Patrico name. Augustino, yes. And then we have we're also we also have two of the mystery boxes that are going to be fully painted up. I was going to say, I know Adam's giving me a Signar box to paint up. So there's going to be a battle box there that'll be poorly painted, but it'll be painted. Damn it. <laughs> Excellent. We'll put your name on the placard so everyone knows. Yay. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I mean, just so far, um, and we still have donations coming in for the raffle and silent auction. Um, just so far, we have over $2,500 worth in MSRP in raffles. Damn. That's amazing. Yeah, and we, we still have more coming in. The armies are going to be the silent auction, but we have other stuff for the raffles as well. So yeah, uh, even if you don't want to get any games in, please show up, have a drink, watch us be idiots. Throw some money at War Machine Armies. Yes, throw some money at War Machine Armies. It's all it's all going to a good cause. I mean, it's going to the Food Bank of Western New York. Now, Dan, I know a couple of years ago, uh, Buffalo actually had the largest food machine. I think it was in the country. Yes, uh, we, we had, for we, multiple years, we've had the largest um, donations. Uh, I know the one year we had a Storm Raptor. I think it was before it came out. We had Una 2 before That's she was correct. released, given to us by Privateer Press themselves. Do you know if anything like that is coming in this year? Our Privateer Press uh, box has not yet arrived. And as usual, we don't know what the contents are until it gets here because uh -huh. they're very, very sneaky. Damn it, Hungerford. <laughs> You're going to open it. It's just going to be a box full of bees. <laughs> no, no, it's just it's just going to be a giant stack of papers where each one has design space written on it in a different font. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you would like to understand the bees reference, join us on Discord. <laughs> <laughs> so many bees. Oh, my God. Design space, though. Lots of, lots of design space in this game. Yes. Oh, and the um the location is at VFW Hall six two five one, also known as Private Leonard Post Junior. Um, everyone just calls it Leonard Post. It's the building that has a tank out front. You can't. Miss That's it. true on Walden Avenue with the tank. Fantastic. So for anybody uh, in the general area, that's only about half an hour from the Canadian border. Uh, you're right off the thirty three, which connects to the I ninety. So. If you're, it's very accessible. Yeah, you're literally an hour and a half to two hours to get literally almost to the other side of the state. Well, yeah, you get to Rochester-ish, but still. There's also a number of hotels in the area, so if anyone would like to travel and stay overnight and show up to the event and engage in a bunch of Buffalo shenanigans as well, uh, just shoot us a message on Facebook, and we can give you recommendations for places to stay in the area. It's true. Many of us would also be happy to hang out and get games in and just... Absolutely. And there are a lot of excellent breweries in the Buffalo area. There's also a lot of good whiskey in case, you know, you want to drink a real drink. <laughs> Options. Oh, well, that's awesome. Uh, Food Machine sounds like a super great event that everyone should attend. 
Absolutely. Yeah, if you're in the area, stop by. If you're not else, in the I'm, area, stop by. It's true. I'm sure if nothing else, you can give Dan $5 and he'll let you come over and give me a slap. So that in and of itself should get some people. I mean, I can't officially condone that. Yes, you can. But my use of the word officially, I think, sends the right message. There you go. That's about right. Fantastic. Love it. For for a do, for a donation of any amount of a single do, of at least a dollar value, I will show you a picture of my parrot. There you go. It's an adorable parrot, by the way. It's actually a parrot. That's not a euphemism. Oh God. We're, we're we're referring to an actual bird. It was kind of a sociopath towards bugs, but otherwise he's amazing. And for two dollars, Dan will teach you bird wound care. So when your bird attacks you, you know how to correctly <laughs> make sure you don't die from said bird attack. Step one is give up hope. Oh my god! <laughs> Love it. And step two is is accept that you can never leave a painting space up because your parrot will inevitably pull your models apart. Oh god! How dare this exist? Look, I mean. I don't know what did more damage to my Striker 3 model, my parrot stealing the flag or the TSA, like <laughs> slapping my bag onto the conveyor belt, but it was about on par. Oh, man. <laughs> Truly horrific. I love it. Um, all right. So that pretty much covers Food Machine, I think. Uh, why don't we talk about having a friendly game and the social contract that surrounds War Machine? Yeah, okay. So uh, in general... When you go to play a game, the idea is you're going to sit down and you're both going to abide by the same set of rules. You're going to share your information. Like I feel like that's the general consensus when you go to start a game. Unfortunately, this isn't always the case. There are, you know, the weird instances of, you know, you sit down and say, hey, I haven't played your army before. And somebody will go, oh, that's nice. And just not tell you what anything does or what's going on until... You've walked into the point of getting your face smashed in. And there's there's a time and a place for that. If you're at a convention and no, not to be a jerk, but like if I spent $200 plus to go to a con, I'm not going to round one explain to you what my entire army does. Like it's a master's event. I expect you to know it. If you want like to ask specific questions, I will tell you everything. I will give you the cards, whatever. But other than, I guess, like a specific event like that, there's no reason to not tell people what your stuff does and how rules interactions work. And more importantly, have a conversation with them throughout the course of the game to say, hey, Model A is going to try and charge here. Can you help me make sure this is a legal move? Not let you get three quarters of the way through it and then go, oh, well, I don't think you can because you're taking a free strike here. Or, you know, I think this is blocked because of this reason. You're expecting me to be charitable with my opponent? Don't be ridiculous. Look, you're Canadian. <laughs> I expect Wait. you to be polite at all times. Fine. And part of that politeness is, you know, not being a danger uh. sound. <laughs> I have to edit so much. I, I'm just curious what sound effect you're going to replace that with. Oh, Are just, just going to cut it? Or? It's, oh. it's just going to get cut. <laughs> this doesn't exist. He's just going to replace it all with the soundbite we have of me going danger zone from last Oh, week. that's a good one. <laughs> it's not a, that's not a bad plan. Yeah, actually, I might just do glad, that. Glad I gave it to you. Thank you. Every, every, time, uh, every time Ryan swears, uh, it turns into an MLG air horn. 
So I understand the desire to the idea that you play your game. I'll play my game. I'm going to play a clean game. You're going to play a clean game, but don't like impede with impede my ability to play my side of the game. Like I get that perspective, but ultimately there's two reasons to play miniature war games. Really? At least ones that I think are valid and make you not a terrible person. Uh, And those are as a hobby, as a community for fun, for an enjoyable experience. And part of that enjoyable experience, of course, can be the competition, not just, you know, moving models around, but besting your opponent. And that's the other reason is to improve your own skill at the game. If you're coming to the table because you want to stomp someone's face, you're coming with the wrong reason and it's going to show in your gameplay. Like I, I have a slightly controversial take on how I play games. Like if my opponent, as long as uh, my opponent doesn't change the game state significantly, like if my opponent like moves a model and it's very clear where it was originally and they're like, crap, I didn't want to do that. I'd rather put it back. Um, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me. Like if you make a mistake that can be quickly rectified and it's on your time, Use your time. It costs me nothing. I don't want to win. Like, and here's the controversial part. I don't want to win because my opponent made a mistake. I want them at their best. When I beat them, I want to be able to go, that was a good game. I'm glad I am better than you. Yeah, that's totally fair. I think, though, for me, is like there has to be a limitation on what I will allow. Like, absolutely. If. I'm halfway through my turn and they're like, oh, I forgot to do this thing. It's like, well, you know, it's kind of tough to allow you to do that because I've already made my plans knowing that you've not done this thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I definitely think it's a situation by situation issue because, like, let's say my opponent forgets to allocate their focus. Yeah. You know, it, I, if it's, you know, if, if they've only activated units or solos and things like that, nothing that has to do with focus and like hasn't like clear they haven't cleared a lane to something they're gonna attack with a warjack. Like the warjacks are in a back it in the back, it doesn't really make a difference to how they've played so far. I don't care. Allocate your focus. You know, but if my opponent is like, you know, it's more than halfway through the turn, they've cleared a charge lane with some like real heavy dice rolls that no one expected. And now their, you know, Warjack is in a prime position to charge my caster. And just now they realize they never allocated focus and powered up. Your Warcaster is about to be really protected by a lot of focus. Sorry. Yeah. There's definitely so, a weird balance you have to you have to hit, and it does come off a little strangely where like you'll allow some things and you won't allow others, and it's not necessarily a complaint or a concern that I personally have with the game. Like these things are going to happen; they happen in a bunch of different games, but the you know the rules do need to be enforced, and sometimes if you don't enforce them consistently, then you run into problems. So I guess my question is, could some of this be solved before the start of the game? Um, I know when I usually play, I try to have a conversation at the beginning of the game. Hey, this is, you know, my dice tray. If anything pops out of it, I'm going to re-roll it. And that's how I'm going to handle this all game long. I've got, you know, my sticks. If you need to use one of them, just ask. I'm going to have them by me. But, like, I'm more than happy to share them with you. So if you're looking going, oh, I think I can make a 10-inch charge here. 
well, I've got the stick. Let's make sure you can actually make it before, you know, you start moving stuff. You know, how you're going to handle cocked dice if they come up. How you're going to handle things like, um, you know, rules interactions of, you know, I've got counter charge on something. And you go, okay, I'm going to run this guy here, run this guy here, run this guy here. And maybe you only triggered it on the first guy, you know, where's, how do I get a second in to be like, oh, hold on, stop your clock. I get to do this thing now because you triggered this. You know, is it worth having that conversation at the beginning of the game to say, hey, this is how I plan on playing this game. What are you going to do for these situations? I think there's a lot of value in that. I mean, it's, it can be something as simple as, so one of, one of my sticking points with the War Machine rules is the steamroller rules about the number of templates on the board. I am always going to play by the rules because those are the rules. I don't want to get disqualified. However, if my opponent is like using widgets for days and leaving them on the table, I don't care. It's not relevant. And I'll tell my opponent that too. Same thing with, well, there goes my train of thought. Um, for me, when it comes to widgets, I think I wouldn't have an issue either. Most people aren't doing the thing that was, uh, you know, they were mostly concerned with people essentially planning out their whole turn and just putting 7,000 measuring templates down on the table. And I don't think that's ever really come to pass, right? That's not an issue. If my well, opponent mean, puts like, you know, a six inch stick here to see one thing and then like a cloud template down and then starts putting all his clouds, like, you know, like whatever, he's going to get there. I'm not going to waste both of our time. See, even if I guess you do use multiple templates for something, generally it's only for one thing. Like if you're looking at a charge lane and going, hey, I need to be able to thread between this guy and this guy avoiding free strikes but also be at an angle to end here and not catch this obstruction like you're gonna have four or five six templates out but it's all gonna be relevant stuff for one move so there's there's not really a problem with that in my mind yeah especially with everyone at especially the high level tournaments you want the game to be played where every action is a legal action and i think using the templates while not visually pleasing a lot of the time does make sense it is a precision game with rules where the precision matters yeah at the end of the day if you're going for cleanliness of the game then like that's how that's going to work obviously after you move stuff pick all your stuff up get it off the table so you don't get confused or you know accidentally smack a template into a base which pushes it you know a half an inch one direction or another but for the purposes of i'm doing x i don't see an issue with it but as far as, I guess, the entire, the, like the social contract you have with your opponent, I, the question in my mind is, how, how do you handle that? How do you enforce that? Like, do, are, are you required to give, you know, a take back for something? And then if, say, like you said, you go, oh, hey, I forgot to allocate focus. I definitely only moved to this one solo because I was excited about doing my thing. And you go, yeah, don't worry about it. Do it. If two turns later, you're like, oh, I ended my turn and I forgot to run the solo to the flag. And they're like, ooh, sorry, can't let you do it. Like, isn't... Yeah, yeah. That's my concern. It's, it's a risk that you take. Ultimately, I think that there's nothing wrong with cutting your opponent slack. And I think that in most cases, you should. We're all there to play our best game. At least we should be. But if your opponent forces you to play by the rules, that doesn't make them a jerk. Now, they can do it in a way that makes them a jerk. 
if if it's a case of like I, you know i uh, i moved a solo a little bit too far so i move him back a little bit and apologize you know game stay corrected they do the same thing the next turn and i'm like mm, no i'm i have we have to call a judge i am definitely the dick even though i am in the right for the rules you know it, it's it's about how you go about it in a lot of ways um um, I want to address that really quickly, though, but because I think actually the best thing that the game has is the judges. And for me, coming from a magic perspective, whenever an opponent in that game does something that you think is improper or is trying to tell you something that you don't think is correct, they always stress call a judge. And I think for me, I have the same sort of outlook on war machine where if i don't know a rule or if my phone's doing that i think something that i think is untoward i'm going to call a judge see i'm kind of the opposite i don't usually like calling a judge if only because if i can talk to you and be like hey you know what what why is this happening like i don't care we can pause the clock and have a conversation but like walk me through why what is happening is happening and if i have questions then i can ask them and bring them up and if we still need to call a judge we can do it then Ah, but, but that's the thing. Rather... You're not allowed to pause the clock. Oh, you're breaking the law. You're, you're okay. You're not allowed to, but like it's one of those things where I would rather take the thirty seconds and just ask you, "Hey, why? How does this work? Why is this working this way?" Before you go any further, explain it to me. And if your reaction is, "Well, it does because I said so," okay, cool. Then I'm calling a judge, and you can explain it to him. Or yeah. If you're like, well, I don't want to waste my clock and explain it to you. Cool. Then I'm going to call a judge, and we're going to do it that way. But like, if I can just ask you, "Hey," Why does this work? And it's a simple answer like, oh, well, you know, I, I had slipstream and that's what this fury was that I did earlier in the turn. That's why I could make this charge now. But if it's something stupid that I just forgot happened or I'm like, oh, uh, yeah, your feet does give you an extra three inches. Okay, that makes sense. Cool. Continue. Yeah, no, that's different though. What I mean is like in complicated cases, interactions where it's best to just have a judge explain what's going on, I would recommend calling a judge if... My opponent slipstream something and I didn't notice. Then I'd be like, "Oh, how'd that guy move?" And he says slipstream. I'd be like, "Oh, okay, cool." Like I'm not, I'm not advocating calling a judge on every little thing. What I am saying is, if there's a new interaction that you haven't experienced before, between like multiple models or like within the same model, either ask for the card and try to work it out for yourself, or if you still can't get there, just call a judge over because that's what they're there for. And it's usually going to be faster in the long run. I agree. And judges are supposed to be a neutral third party. I, I'd much rather have... I've also had it where people like ask someone else next, at the table next to them and things like that for rules and for basic stuff. That's great. You know, I mean, community should support the other players in it. Um, but for, for some stuff, it's just... I don't, I don't know who this other guy is that you're asking. Please just get the judge. judge there shouldn't be any problem with calling a judge unless your opponent you or your opponent is trying to weaponize that like i've had people who without ref in tournaments refusing to talk to their opponent all they'll do is call the judge oh yeah, god see, yeah, yeah no, don't do that that's being a dick and that's when you get a judge call that's i go hey you need to stand by this table for like the entirety of this game because this dude is just not like this is not a game anymore this is him being a dickhead and i don't need to deal with that in my life Here's the thing, though. There's processes to deal with that as well, I think. I don't know that there is. Well, maybe not officially. It's not against the rules to be like, I'm going to just activate my stuff and like 
I activate this and it does this. And if you have a question, they can just hand you their cards and be like, read it yourself. Like, uh, sure. I think that's just in the bounds of the rules. Of, well, they're not hiding anything. There's also nothing in the social contract about not calling your opponent out on their BS. That's if true. someone is being, you know, is, is being, I think, unjustly cold to me in a game, is refusing to engage me in just basic conversation about the game, like not declaring their actions, just moving models, not telling me what they're doing, handing me cards when I asked what a model's base speed is, and only like only handing me cards for every single question and flipping the cu- the clock over to me every single time, I'm going to call them something rude. <laughs> and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's that is a separate separate issue. Uh, and in most cases, like how many times have we have have has have either of you ever had an issue like that where your opponent, for no discernible reason, is just being a jerk, and it it affects the gameplay? Uh, Captain Khan, I did. I personally haven't had a negative experience playing War Machine. Uh, I mean, with my opponent, usually it's their dice on fire, and that's negative. But <laughs> <laughs> you see, that's the real problem with the social con is that everyone uses like crap dice anyway um or literally craps dice oh god don't get me started on dice dude yeah seriously (laughs) but yeah um when it comes to the social contract it's there's a phrase in (laughs) there's a phrase in the u.s uh uh when it comes to the legality of what is or is not pornography and and it's you'll know it when you see it it's the same thing (laughs) with it's, it's pretty much the same thing with a social contract. You'll know it when you see it. In most situations, at the end of every War Machine tournament, you're always going to find some, someone you know who's going to be like, oh man, I played this guy and they're a total jerk. Like, I, I don't know what is wrong with them. Uh, they did this wrong, this wrong, that wrong. It was the worst game of War Machine I've ever played. And then you ask them a month later and they're like, yeah, it sucked, but it really wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah, most of the time when we talk about that, we're talking about you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Such I don't play Signar. <laughs> that shade. That was the worst game ever. I had to play into friggin' Striker Three. Does anybody even know what he does anymore? Oh, you should have heard. You should have heard people when I played Striker Three and at the end of Mark Two when they were like, "Okay, well, you know, I, I've never really, uh, never really played against him before." And I'm like, "Okay, well, I have two full units of Storm Lances and." Um, I hope you like uh, POW 17s every turn. <laughs> anyway, play the jank. Just play the jank. Yeah, I think so. For me, bottom line is we're both here to enjoy a game of War Machine. And I think the way that we both get to enjoy that game is if we both work cooperatively towards the goal of one of us winning. You know, if I need to help you measure something or make sure your model's in the right place to kill the hell out of my caster, I'm going to help you. Yeah. Yeah, legit. Yeah. It's just keep an open line of communication. You know, that's that's really as hard as it should be. The only way that you're going to get better at this game is by playing people who also help you get better. Like, I could play against Wolf constantly and just get kicked in the jimmies every single time by Animag. And I'm not going to learn anything until he tells me the thing you just did, bad idea. Try again. 
Did you leave your deployment zone? I can kill you. <laughs> the Lilith 3 problem. <laughs> oh, she does it from in your deployment zone. Oh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> All right. Is your caster on the table? I can kill them. You need to back them up. <laughs> they're, they're literally on the table. I have to back them up further. Can still get them. Fine. Most underpowered faction. Totally fine. It's true. You heard it here first for all you, everyone. That's the hot take for the day. All right. Um, I think that'll about do it for us. Uh, GM Dan, is there anything you want to go out on other than Food Machine? Beer Machine is pretty cool. Hey, Ron, rest in peace, Menoth John's uh, painting cast. Oh, dude. And, uh... Rip Menoth John. Not the man. Well, yeah, but the cast. I, I mean, he's not dead, but. Yeah. <laughs> He's not dead, he's just gone. <laughs> I, I enjoyed his show quite a bit, so it is sad to see him depart in that way, but... Look, I saw his Hyperion. He wasn't that good of a painter. Oh That's my god. Me. He didn't do... Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Listen, he showed, at John Con, he showed me some pretty good, uh, pretty good painting tips. We'll, we'll compare Legion when I'm done. Alright, let's do it. Fantastic. Wolf, you got anything coming up you want to talk about? Means I have to paint my models. <laughs> uh, there's a tournament coming up November 10th down in Candor, New York. Jacob is running it. I'm probably going to go. Uh, but yeah, I think he said he's got eight people already pre-regged. They're capping it at 16. So if you're in the area and you feel like coming, find him on Facebook or Discord. We can probably get you in. Awesome. Uh, and speaking of registration, that was the one thing I almost forgot. Um, if you want to register for Food Machine or Food Drop, you can send an email to registration at rollforcharity.org and just let us know that you're interested in registering. Let us know if you want to just do the basic registration, which will end up being $12, uh, not 12 $10 a day of, or uh, the premium registration, which is 35 day of. And the premium one, there's going to be event swag. Let us know your t-shirt size. Excellent. Who doesn't like swag? For sure. Okay, so I think that just about does it for the show this week. Uh, As always, join us on Discord. A link will be in the show notes. And yeah, go, uh, go attend Food Machine. Give everyone a good legioning. And play some horrific jank in my honor. Lilith 2 is going to make a comeback just for the day. Ah, beautiful. All right, that'll do it. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the 20th episode of Blightbringers. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for having me. Holy shit, we've been doing this for five months. Surprise. Yep. God, you people are desperate. Bye, everybody. (laughs) Bye.